Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? Really well. This is a really exciting topic. We don't always get to put our crazy hats on and speculate, so I'm really excited. Yeah, this is one of the uh, more speculative episodes. Henry and I tend to avoid this kind of stuff because we don't want to break any hearts, but we're feeling good for some reason about this one. Today, we're going to be going over everything we know about the planet Gaia and what the next BR map in Apex may theoretically look like. Before we do any of that, though, we want you to join our Discord, chat Apex, find teammates, and receive third-party updates. Link for that's in the bio. We've been getting a lot of exciting stuff done with the patrons and our Discord and gaming sessions. If you want to join the Patreon, please check out the link in the description. You can help out the show a ton, get access to exclusive merch, the gaming sessions, monthly calls, perks on the Discord, and much, much more. We're getting really close to our next big goal, and it would mean the world if you head over there and checked us out. So let's just dive right into it though. I mean, we got a lot to cover today, a lot of lore. We're going to essentially break down everything that we do know about the planet of Gaia and cover a lot of stuff that is out there, but we're going to try and piece it all together for you in one spot. And to start kind of this conversation Maps are just so interesting. They've been one of the largest features that have set Apex Legends apart in the BR genre. We talked about it on you know Wednesday's episode about some of the most impactful changes to the game being maps. And while some games have stayed on one map and gone through continuous updates, Apex has used its story to send us throughout the Outlands from one planet to other to the other. But why are we kind of talking about this today? Is I think a pretty good question to ask. With season eleven though, just a over a month away, there are signals pointing towards a new map and coming. In season three, we got World's Edge, which came after three seasons. Four, though, if we include kind of that season zero time. And then Olympus came in season seven, so four seasons later. So getting a new map in season 11 would theoretically keep us on that four-season schedule. There's also some leaks and lore pointing in this direction. And with that being said, we're going to be speculating a lot, diving into the lore, and unpacking leaks, a lot of leaks. If leaks aren't your thing, it's probably best to skip this episode and you know, we'll catch you on Wednesday. We are gonna not talk about leaks though till slightly later in the show, but the leaks are kind of gonna be what drive the episode and the meaning at the very end and everything comes together. So if you just want some history on the planet of Gaia, stay tuned for a little bit. Otherwise, catch you on Wednesday. Excellent backstory. I think that just like you said, we're anticipating a new map. I think that if we were to push to season 12 for a new map, there would have to be a really big reason for yeah. that. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that reason could be. You know, like arenas coming in was a very big reason. I think it was a big pinnacle of season nine, but I, I can't really think about what could replace a map in season 11. You know, <laughs> if we do something else, it's not the same. It like playlist is like the only thing that makes sense on that. Like, Hey, this is going to have a permanent impact on the game. That's why we grouped it together in our top five reasons on Wednesday or top five changes on Wednesday. So like that would be the only thing. There's a lot more signs pointing towards a map though, than there are 
a new game mode, which kind of lends to what you're talking about. Like, yeah, we are kind of expecting that change coming this time around and we're going to set ourselves up to be disappointed if that's the way things decide to go. (laughs) Yeah. I hope not to be disappointed, but you know, maps are incredible and I feel so lucky to be an apex player and have access to now all three maps in rotation and it's just so much content. Learning a new map is so much fun. Even though Olympus is not my number one most favorite map, I think they are changing the game and how it's played with every new map. And so the idea of a fourth map is really exciting. But it also, even once we get this new map, it breeds a lot of new questions. Totally. What's going to happen to rotation? What's mm-hmm. going to happen to ranked? And these are things that we don't really have all the answers to yet. But no. Cross that bridge when we come to it. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a journey for sure. No doubt. Before we get into some of the crazy stuff, um, talk about the meaning of Gaia. So the word Gaia comes from Greek, also called Gi, um, and it's the Greek personification of the earth as a goddess, mother and wife of heaven. Now, Gaia represented the earth and was worshipped as the universal mother in early Greek history and Greek mythology, she created the whole universe and gave birth to both the first race of gods, the Titans, and the first humans. Mm -hmm. Gaia is a large figure. It's a big name. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, Olympus is also a a mythical name. Uh, You Mm -hmm. know, the, the city in the skies, heaven, where the gods live, yada, yada, yada. But Gaia is definitely in that same vein as something of pivotal importance. A lot of lore, a lot of history is going to be packed into this place without a doubt. Apex loves its Greek mythology right now. So uh, it's, it's really cool to see. And yeah, Gaia is a very important figure in uh, a lot of that kind of lore. I'm going to call the mythology yeah. lore. I don't know if they'll appreciate that if uh, people are still around to hear me talk about it like that. I say it works. <laughs> I say it works. But in the Apex universe, Gaia is a planet in the Outlands with a large urban population. Although most of the planet's population live on farms, like Samathe, it also has its own police force, the Gaia Global Task Force, who is infamously ruthless. Likewise, their leaders are said to be very tyrannical. It's also the home planet of Caustic, Crypto, and Rampart. Now, something we will slowly start to discover about this map and the planet Gaia is that it could connect to a lot of lore dots in the Apex universe. It's really interesting to, you know, Henry and I have been following the story of Apex since Titanfall, in theory, you know, and we're reading the comics. We are watching every piece of lore we can find and there's so many tidbits that point towards Gaia just connecting so much so I'll go through a couple of what some of those are but there's just even more beyond this and we're going to talk about a lot of them today so we know that located on Gaia is a town called Hollygrove which is Caustic's birthplace very interesting we also know of a city called Suotamo, which is one of the largest cities in the Outlands. It's known for its resemblance to Angel City, including a similar angel statue. And Tysakek Orphanage is located here, and it's where Crypto grew up. I'm just going to apologize in advance for all the butchering of pronunciation for the day's episode. 
really interesting to see. Obviously, Angel City has a lot of meaning for Titanfall players with some of the map relation there. It is not the same place, but people have speculated that that location in Titanfall is on Gaia still, even though we have no signs pointing towards that actually being true. We also have Zaldana City on Gaia, which is the former home of Humbert Labs, where Alexander Knox was supposedly found dead, which we learned from the Pathfinder uh, lore event. And then there was a Forge Museum on Gaia as well, but that filed for bankruptcy soon after, so that was quite unfortunate. And then the last kind of random piece of lore that doesn't fully connect to anything we're talking about today is we know that Big Sister, the masked figure who attacked Rampart's shop, leads a gang on Gaia. And so we just got a lot of these random pieces of information amongst some other stuff that really point towards a lot of lore on Gaia. Yeah. And like we said, a lot of stories are leading to Gaia. It looks mm-hmm. like you have Crypto's family, Crypto's sister, Big Sister, Rampart, Caustic, mm-hmm. all kind of coming together in one place. Um, and it's really exciting. And on top of that, we pulled a lot from Pathfinder's Quest as well. Yeah, I mean, Ash said all roads lead to Samathe. There's some signs pointing towards that she should have said all roads lead to Gaia at this point. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty much true at this point. Um, From Pathfinder's quest book, we get Loba and Octane's opinion on the planet of Gaia. Octane says, calls it rules town around there and mentions an angel statue along with a police always getting in your face. Loba then says, and reinforces not going to Gaia often that there are too many cameras and police. Both of their perspectives are really painting the picture of planets are a big place, but Mm -hmm. in this universe, we tend to think about entire planets, mostly around single cities, you know, like Olympus Mm -hmm. is, you know, one pivotal place. Um, Mm -hmm. It seems like when you're talking about Gaia, you're talking about that big city. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen it in Crypto's kind of backstory as well. We've seen this police force that is mentioned. And so we know that's a huge part and is something we're going to revisit later when we talk a little bit about the syndicate. We also learn from the Mirage chapter that during the Outland Civil War, that his brother's dropship was stuck going in for an attack near Gaia. So just more legend stories and perspectives mm-hmm. on the planet. This is a name and a place that is repeated time and time again throughout Apex lore. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to see this Mirage stuff because we've had rumors forever that there's going to be some, maybe his brother's coming back someday. You know, that's kind of a theory. And so we'll see if this further connects to that point later down the line. The first step would obviously be going there essentially. So really fascinating to see. We also got a lot more lore from the quest itself. So from the legacy quest, we know a group of legends needed to venture to Gaia to get an antidote to save people from the infection on Olympus. And that was kind of the first time we saw people actively go there in the comics. And we saw and learned about the Amelia mountain range, which is a wild jungle area, which is home to the Carthage spiders, a mammoth class arachnid that is releases an extremely toxic gas when in danger or hunting and through these comic pictures we do see this tropical paradise this rainforest palm trees high mountains and cliff sides which is something we're going to circle back on when we talk about leaks later today and that's kind of being some of the information that reinforces this connection that 
this could be coming in the game in that shape. We also got from the season six, the first ship quest, just a little nod to the side. Blisk mentions that when he was confronting Ash, maybe it'll be a tropical paradise on the other side. I am sorry, as he throws her into the explosion that ended up separating her pieces and scattered throughout there. So, you know, maybe it's a throwaway line. We've learned that not a lot of stuff in the Apex lore is a throwaway line. So maybe we will see Ash on a tropical island, which more leaks are somewhat pointing to in that way. So we're getting all these signs pointing in one direction, essentially. Before we get into the rest of the episode, here's a word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Talk me through the syndicate because they play a pretty big lore in the Apex universe. And I think this is a good time to kind of give our listeners a refresher course. And maybe we'll talk about how Guy is going to play its role in keeping the syndicate involved, essentially. Yeah, this is something that really spoke to me and I found to be quite interesting. And it's wrapped in because Gaia is a planet in the Outlands, which is considered to be in syndicate space, which was created after the Frontier Wars with the ratification of the Mercenary Syndicate Treaty. Gaia is one of seven planets that has signed the treaty. Most recently, we had Salvo, which was the introduction of Fuse. Awesome, big mm-hmm. celebration, amazing. And then we had a terrorist bombing. But that's not the main <laughs> that's point. neither We're here nor there. Like. <laughs> the syndicate treaty, stay on target. Um, but really, I think that it's interesting to ask the question, what is syndicate space? And then what is the mercenary syndicate? Um, and as the name suggests, It's a conglomerate of numerous mercenary companies, Mm -hmm. the Apex Predators being one of their most elite. How and why they banded together is still unknown. There's mention of a syndicate council, which has been made presumably the highest governing body of the syndicate and is Mm -hmm. composed of the leaders of its most powerful mercenary companies. It's rumored that Cuban Blisk himself founded the syndicate. I think this is kind of cool stuff because mm-hmm. the coming together of all these mercenary groups that now run all these planets is something pretty shocking. And I don't know if everybody has that as their frame of reference for the world that we're in. No, you gave the perfect uh, reference, I think, for people on the behind the scenes. Like you said, it's like Star Wars. It's like the you know the outer rim you know you got jabba's you got tatooine it's it's run by this crime family this crime syndicate and that's essentially the parallel we're seeing in the apex universe in that way so maybe for our star wars fans that'll help you out i can't make any lord of the rings or star trek comparisons though for anyone so i apologize <laughs> yeah, i think it's pretty close to talking about planets and the outer rim versus the outlands very yeah. similar we already know that star wars has influenced a lot of Titanfall in the Apex universe with, mm-hmm. you know, Django Fett's helmet influencing mm-hmm. the pilot helmet in many ways. So cool stuff. But same studios putting out Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Exactly. Like, it, 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 very it just related. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the right place. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody's where they're supposed to be. <laughs> um, but the syndicate as a body rules seven planets that have signed that mercenary syndicate treaty mm-hmm. altogether. That's called syndicate space. They dropped the mercenary on there. 
a little more make it sound a little more peaceful yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was a good uh, let's take a trip call. to syndicate space not syndicate yeah. mercenary space so like yeah, yeah that would be a bit scary so syndicate <laughs> space um the actual contents of the treaty that was signed and the obligations that come with being under the syndicate rule are still unknown other than the syndicate have complete authority over talos boreos solus tataris samafe and gaia they were allowed to maintain their own governments and law enforcement, but agreed to the rest of the treaty. Salvo we, has some differences yeah. in mm-hmm. that treaty, but that original group, that's really what's going on. The syndicate has complete authority, which that's hard to undersell, I think. And we know that it, was a, it wasn't a super optional treaty to sign kind of from the story and stuff. It was one of those like, you kind of got to get in this story or you're going to get run over, essentially. We're going to keep making references because this one just popped into my mind. But last season, The Legends of Korra, you know, we kind of get the similar thing with the Earth Kingdom where it's like, we're bringing everybody together. Kumbaya, happiness, just kind of under a bit of a sus rulership when everything is brought together. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's important to keep the context of what was the result of the frontier war? Yeah. A stalemate. Okay. Both parties no ended the war with no winner. There was no clear government that took over the outlands. And this is what happened. These mm-hmm. mercenary groups rose up and created a government across multiple planets. It's pretty impressive, but it's also kind of a bleak reality that there's not a whole lot of potentially money involved. There's not a whole lot of law and order involved. It's pretty ruthless and a cutthroat world to be in. That's why we had the Outland Civil War as well that, you know, like comes after the fact. Like there's just been a lot of chaos and whether you like it or not, we got the Mercenary Syndicate Treaty that's kind of keeping things together in a way right now. Yeah. And then there are, of course, many subdivisions inside the organization of the Syndicate. The Largest include the Apex Games Commission, which is specifically managing the Apex Games. There's also the Office of Public Relations, headed by Jacob Young, and a committee of unification board that headed Salvo's entry into the syndicate space. It's now, really all this, mm-hmm. you know, it's cool stuff. Obviously, it's a it's a rough place to live. You know, the biggest <laughs> sporting event is a you know fight to the death in the Apex Games. So kind of scary but we kind of always thought that isn't the syndicate the bad guys like aren't we as legends Mm -hmm. yeah like as legends we're fighting against the syndicate like they're not good Mm -hmm. in many ways yes like they're responsible for going after crypto once he uncovered a cheating system in the apex games however hammond is much more well-branded to be the villains in this universe, I think. Mm -hmm. As in the distant past, they unleashed Revenant and other assassins. Hammond, in reality, is only a company and does not Mm -hmm. control Syndicate Space or the Apex Games. They're simply a partner of the Mercenary Syndicate. I think they're kind of, you see that H and you think, okay, that's kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's those are kind of the mystery, big evil corporation that's ruining everybody's lives. It's not really the truth here. Like they're kind of just a a contractor trying to get their harvester materials and all this stuff. Um, At least in present day, they aren't 
really the major threat. Yeah. Revenant, of course, does not like them, but yeah, there, there's some interesting things there. Like the syndicate is not like it, it's not this all out. Hey, we want to control everything and everyone. They're allowing these police forces, these presences on these planets, the governments to run on their own. They're essentially though this body that does kind of want some oversight, want some final say on everything. And is going to do so enacting in its own interest every time. They're probably not going to yeah. go out of their way to maybe, you know, solve poverty or something in the Apex universe. They're going to keep making money and keep doing what works best for the syndicate, essentially. Yeah. And it's just kind of different from, I think, what we initially were thinking in the early time of Apex where, okay, all these legends are going to have stories that connect to the syndicate and Mm -hmm. we're going to get a Titanfall 3 where the legends break out and overthrow the syndicate and there's going to be another war. Right now, there isn't really that bad guy. There isn't the the villainous group that is directly oppressing people from what we know. You know, Mm -hmm. that could all change, but through looking at it, Hammond doesn't look all that bad. The syndicate is definitely shady. Both of them are shady, but it's not like they're the evil empire is really what we're There's bad apples in each part of these, but there's not this one, you don't, it's not like Cuban Blisk, who is probably the ruler that like everyone would look at and are like, oh, Cuban Blisk is the worst guy. Like he's Palpatine. Like it's not like that. It's these random little startups if you want to call it that that do kind of like these kind of nefarious things here and there for each random company yeah and then what about the imc you Mm -hmm. know the interstellar manufacturing corporation they have no control over the games the outlands or the syndicate they're really they exist in this universe but they're really not at all relevant in the outlands or apex Directly. Yeah, we're, we're kind of getting our first sign of them actually having some impact while we've been on Olympus with them kind of having these ships and stuff come in. But up until then, it's really just been a mute point and it doesn't, there's no signs pointing towards them all of a sudden coming in and having this huge presence in the game. So like maybe it'll be a slow burn, slow buildup, and then we'll get them reestablished. But yeah, as of now, it, it's not a, it's not a dire thing. We need to be like, oh gosh, I am seeing and Hammond, they're going to war, like, again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally true. Let's talk about leaks, though. So we've talked kind of about the history of Gaia, the syndicate, kind of what we know about this planet and the planetary system already confirmed. But we got a lot of leaks that point towards the map essentially being there for season 11. So we're going to go through all these, and we'll spitball, interrupt when we want to, and kind of just have a fun chat here. But... For a little refresher, a while back we got leagues from Shrugged Hole for a map titled Tropic Island. That's kind of that relation we were talking about with the quest a while, like earlier in this episode with the tropical area being on Gaia. So that's kind of the connection to why this Tropic Island is on Gaia in theory. The map is being designed though with vehicle movement in mind as code points there being muddy tridents, which is kind of interesting. And there's files that point towards AI being tested on the map as a consistent feature with map-wide roaming abilities, not just stuck in an area like Bloodhound's Trials. And there's a number of sounds that have been found in the files for windy cliff sides pointing towards there maybe being some like serious elevation on the map and some of that kind of style rather than maybe the flat Olympus that we've kind of grown used to recently. 
let's keep going though. And I think all the stuff's going to kind of connect together and then we can chat about it. Since then, from other parties, we've gotten more leaks showing actual images of the map. These images come from in-game teasers, not insider leaks of someone who was like a beta tester that then took a picture and is now sharing it. This is like data mined leaks of images rather than an insider source, which has kind of fooled us in the past before with maps. So we have one image. We can see them on here. Our patrons can see them on here. We'll do our best to describe it though. One image shows a prowler on the map though, reinforcing that concept that Shrug was talking about of roaming AI, but also we're seeing building styles that are not as futuristic as we have grown to being used to on World's Edge and Olympus, a little bit more Islander, I guess, in, in theories as a style. We have another image that shows a storm coming in, which kind of reinforces that tropical landscape, thunderstorms, waters, beaches, palm trees, and so some really interesting design on that wet front. Continuing on, we have an actually a leaked mini-map that shows a small archipelago set of islands and water running through the map, which that opens up a lot of questions, I think, once you start talking about water being a part of the map. I remember when a long time ago when we were talking about the map changes of King's Canyon when we thought there was going to be some flooding. We were like, is swimming going to be involved? Like, And that's a question we'll probably be asking ourselves again leading up to this. And then the last kind of leaked piece of information comes from as someone who leaks. There's currently on World's Edge the Bangalore ship is what I'm going to call it, but it's the drop escape pod. But Bangalore has the voice lines that are connected to it. And there's a laptop showing connecting to origin ship through leaks, it's been discovered that the other end of the signal is going to be coming from Gaia, further reinforcing us going to that map in theory. So that's the leaks. That's all the information. Let's talk about this concept in general. We got a lot of things to break down. Let's start with kind of the basis of the environment and tropical maps. So that's kind of the first thing. What are some of your first immediate thoughts when you hear those words? Yeah, I mean... There was a lot to unpack there in terms mm -hmm. of all those potentially new features. Number one, this seems like a very, very different map than anything we've ever had. Mm -hmm. If it was close to something, this is going all the way back to King's Canyon with yeah, you yeah. Know, sand and some water elements. Mm -hmm. But I think we're looking at a lot more plant life. And mm -hmm. like you said, from the images that we have access to, this is the opposite of Olympus. This is not cutting edge, high society yeah. research facility with modern technology. This is a tropical resort that has some straw huts with umbrellas that are mm -hmm. having daiquiris and it's a lot more flowing. It's going to feel a lot more natural. You're not going to have sharp edges and mm -hmm. kind of checkpoints designed into an area. And, and we'll maybe get some of that stuff maybe like sprinkled in because mm -hmm. they always do like the we're going to this map and so we've changed it for the Apex games and kind of yeah. like added our own buildings and stuff. But like for that most part, like yes, the core of the map is going to feel so far I'm imagining from what we've essentially grown accustomed to. And like I think about staging as like a POI, like I would be shocked to see something like that on this map, at least at release. Obviously, you know, map changes later in the day, anything can happen. Yeah, totally. And I I like that. I think that it mm -hmm. brings a lot of changes um, to the game, but going into some of those other leaks of 
we have the visual of a storm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For a long, long time, we've had it speculated uh, or even wished for to have weather patterns. You know, you have the ring that shrinks over time, but what if yeah. there was a random electrical storm or even just a rainstorm that came passing over areas of the map and that mm-hmm. had an impact to, at the very least, your sound and vision? You know, I, I think it could be an interesting thing to, to mess around with. Yeah, I mean, we know a another EA title, Battlefield, is exploring this with environment, like weather changing events happening during the game. And so, you know, maybe they were chatting and uh, Apex decided to take a little advice and maybe throw in a thunderstorm here or there. It'd be really fascinating to see what rain would do in the Apex universe. Like, how would it play? And I have complete confidence in the team that if they want to add crazy elements or something like that, they're going to keep the game healthy. You're going to be able to see your opponents and stuff. That's not something I'm personally worried about. Maybe I'm putting too much confidence in the team, but they've proven to care about the health and gameplay over that kind of stuff. So if it is introduced, that's not something I'm personally worried about, which I know some people have kind of gone to Twitter and been like, oh, please don't have a storm ever come in. I won't be able to see anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the audio in Apex is so powerful. You know, Regardless of any issues that there are, the reason that we have a third party in the third party podcast is because of audio. Mm -hmm. That's what makes it possible. So if you were to add anything that masked audio or added to audio, it would be impactful. So I think that's pretty cool to think about. Um, Other things in here, triadents, making a return. Mm -hmm. Not something that I was necessarily expecting in another map. I thought that would be a contained feature on Olympus. I did as well. I thought that, especially with, I think there was a lack of positivity from the trident in the community, at least. Not a lot of people are huge fans of it, but it seems pretty certain that we're getting it and we're getting the map designed with vehicles in mind. And so what does that mean? That means it's going to be on the larger end in theory and that there's going to be room for these tridents to operate. And one theory I like is I think people immediately jumped to the concept of swimming and does swimming fit in Apex, which we can talk about here because I think it could go either way. But you could also see a, hey, there's an archipelago on the mini map where there's going to be zip lines, there's going to be bounce pads to connect the two kind of things and such, or like a boat or something, but also the trident, like a trident could theoretically float above that water. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's a way the tridents worked into the game. I don't know. Like, do you think the tridents are kind of that device of some of the frustration on Olympus as a whole? Like, does that worry you at all? Do you get what I'm saying? I hear what you're saying. I don't think the triadents are what made Olympus a underperforming map. I think that if they wanted vehicles, they did it right. Mm -hmm. Like if you wanted an apex vehicle, a triadent is a really, really good execution of that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people talk about just more third parties on Olympus and the rotations are a lot harder. I, I don't think that's the fault of the trident. I think the trident is a really great way to rotate. It's very powerful. It's very balanced. I don't think that's a fault, but I think about a tropical map and I think about the contrast between dense jungle Mm -hmm. and open beach and not be able to drive in certain areas. Yeah. you, You think about, you know, obviously that's very different from an urban environment like world's edge where there's three cities, but 
having dense forest and then sand and then some mountains. Um, it may be the perfect place for a trident. It may not fit very well at all. It is kind of, I yeah. think you run a risk. Let's, let's run through the concept because it's one people have talked about. Let's run through the idea of swimming. It's something mm-hmm. we talked about a long time ago. The mini map points towards there being water between areas of land. And that can immediately have no connection to swimming in the slightest. It could very well, like I said, be avoidable areas. I would be surprised if it was an instant death, like Olympus, if you went off the map. It could very well be, hey, you can walk through it. It's just going to slow you down or something. And that could be treacherous in of itself. But obviously, we see this. The other big question mark we have to ask is swimming. What are your thoughts on it in the Apex games in theory? Yeah. I'm going to go out and say, I don't think we're going to go swimming. I I don't think it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that we have had the opportunity to swim in the past and we have not done it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that water on a map and, you know, we have leaked images of water on this new map, Tropic Island, Gaia. It looks pretty similar to the same exact water that we have on Kings Canyon, which is not swimmable and it's Mm -hmm. ankle deep. Like it's not a huge impact, but the main feature of water is the audio impact that Mm -hmm. you're going to be heard coming. If you take the water route, maybe it's the most direct path, but it's the loud path and Mm -hmm. you're also in the open and there's not a lot of cover in the water. So it's an interesting mechanic that isn't boring by any means, but it might not be as headliney as swimming coming to apex. Like I don't think it's going to happen. I I agree with you. I don't think we're going to get swimming. I hope it's something other than like, just still water that we're kind of used to walking through, Mm -hmm. whether it's some maybe wave kind of audio and visual or kind of maybe a slowing feature of some sort. I think it would be cool to have some kind of impact or just different visual with the water than we've been used to that would kind of set this tropical island apart as it is a tropical island and it's unique in that way. Or maybe it's kind of what we're talking about a storm comes and then the water gets intense or something like that along those lines. So I think there's room for them to do something cool and it would be interesting to see next kind of thing. I think let's talk, we're going to talk about Olympus as well, but before we do that, I want to talk about the AI feature that we kind of saw. We saw the prowler on the map and we have the leak for the prowler in the files. I, I did see this morning reviewing stuff. People are saying that maybe in the back of this picture, there's a fence And so maybe it will be fenced in, in theory, and it won't be wide open roam. But what is your concept of just having a more free roaming AI in general than what we've ever been used to? Because we talk about the prowlers kind of being easy to kill, but they're also, they're nothing to kind of like scoff at in the same way. It's not like they're nothing. Like you can take a hit or two. Yeah. 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 For sure. I, I love the idea. I'm really open to it. I think that adding a more advanced, impactful AI component to the BR could be a really cool element because- It it keeps people engaged. It keeps people very engaged. If there was a roaming reward, so if we didn't have loot ticks, loot Mm, drones, mm -hmm. Marvins, and instead we had roaming prowlers or something similar, and when you- slay them, you get a body armor, you know, Mm -hmm. like these are, 
experimented on prowlers and they're wearing body armor or something. So you would drop, you know, what they're wearing and then you can wear it yourself. That's kind yeah. of the lore explanation. But more exciting than prowlers or some sort of wild beast. I really want to see specters. I want to see robots cool. as a like security force for a research base in the map where you can go take out this fortress. They're going to drop weapons. I think that would be incredibly cool. This is a thing that is in Fortnite. They have AI that have weapons that will shoot back. I think it would be a lot of fun and a really cool map element to introduce. That's a really good point. I think well said. Let's keep it rolling though. And let's talk about kind of the differences from Olympus particularly and why Olympus, you know, we've both had some frustrations. You know, we don't really want a map that funnels everything into the one area of Hammond Labs. I think you and I have both proven to not enjoy that play style per se, but it's interesting where would this map fit in? In my head, I think you said it right well, and that like you kind of called it, maybe it has some similar aesthetic to King's Canyon. And so how I look at it is I'm like, okay, maybe this is going to be with vehicles, a bigger version of King's, but with a more tropical UI pulling from their original concept. If you remember, we talked about a long time ago, the original idea for King's Canyon had no sand and it was all grass and it was all kind of like built out in that way and very uh, green essentially. And so maybe we're catering more towards that with the sand on a beach sprinkled in rather than this hot and cold, one side's dead, one side's alive kind of thing. And so if we get a Olympus style map with King's Canyon aesthetic and hopefully blending in those best features of World's Edge. I'm getting very wishful with what I want here, but I think they have room and they have a lot of time seeing how these maps have performed to look at what they might want to do now. Yeah, I think one of the strengths and weaknesses of Olympus is that it's all artificial. Every Mm -hmm. piece of cover is intentionally placed there and should have a real world purpose. If you have a more natural and organic map, you can place rocks and trees and debris anywhere you want. And it looks very natural in a tropical place that's prone to storms. You can make a really good environment to play where there's not these big open areas where you're just completely exposed. So Mm -hmm. I think that's one major difference that you could make from Olympus to this new map in that there's just going to be more cover everywhere. And Mm -hmm. that's a strength. And you're talking about the shape of the map and how maybe it won't be a circle all pointing to one area, that being Turbine and Hammond. I think that although... Olympus is a decent map. It has some really cool features that I like, like the very specialized loot locations. Mm -hmm. I think that's very cool. But I think potentially where Olympus went wrong was not necessarily having Hammond Labs being so big and such a hot drop and then Turbine being just this massive choke point with five entrances. I think that the phase runner may have been the issue. Because when you divide the map like that with such a large structure that is really unmovable and you can't pass it at all other than using a a jump tower, I think that just makes it so much direct that you have to go through these really tough choke points. Yeah. 
and the value of the phase runner is pretty low because not very many people use it. I think that if you remove that and you have more defined regions where as the ring closes, mm-hmm. you don't have these like crazy chokes like Hammond that everything is going to happen there. The game's going to end really quickly yeah. because of that, or it's going to be really painful and people are want, going to want to avoid it entirely. So I think that's maybe a change that you kind of just, you don't make a huge wall yeah, dividing, yeah. Half, dividing the map. half the map. Yeah. That's a good point. I think also you can take away from Olympus in comparison to like world's edge is you look at that hot drop Hammond labs mm-hmm. and the survivability of that drop is not high. There's not this, it's not split up in ways where you can retreat and then come back and that kind of stuff. And so there's these shorter fights, which make these really weird games where you have a really intense fight at the beginning and then nothing happens for a long time or like because of the shape and the phase runner and stuff, another team comes, another team comes, another team comes, et cetera, versus that like west and east fragment hot drop kind of in the center that is honestly in a way built for the prolonged fights and such. And I know we talked about like the urban style combat versus maybe this more, you know, like the not as urban area and how can you still create that environment it's a challenge, but it would be really yeah. cool if they could do so effectively, whether it's, you know, caves and cliff sides and trees and all this kind of crazy stuff. Like it mm-hmm. could look really cool, but there's obviously a way for them to do that if it's direction they want to go. Yeah. And I like what you're saying about hot drops because every map does need a POI that's large enough to attract a lot of teams because yeah. for a lot of players, that's the only reason they play to have mm-hmm. fun, to go in get a lot of kills or die instantly. That's part of the fun. That's why people come back. But if you compare Olympus to a map like World's Edge, I think you'd find that the footprints of POIs are pretty different. If you compare West and East Fragment to Hammond and Turbine, I think World's Edge is going to be larger. If you compare Bonsai to Skyhook, Mm -hmm. I think Skyhook and World's Edge is going to be larger. If you compare... Oasis to Lava City, I think Lava City is much, much larger. So you kind of have the three main POIs on each map, World's Edge being a lot larger, meaning they can handle more teams. And then I would say the largest POI on Olympus might be Rift, but that's also a ring where the center of it isn't really playable. The center of it is nothing. Yeah. If we feel like as apex maps progress that pois are getting smaller we need to get more of them and so mm-hmm. i look at maybe releasing a new map and on release it has 18 19 pois yeah. like getting mm-hmm. all the way up to what we need to separate teams out so that maybe you have a map where it's really not very contested and the size of the map is then maybe smaller in order to just have a more healthy game where people are able to actually get guns and then fight still quickly, but not having to risk the 50 fifties over those large POIs mm-hmm. because the trend is they're shrinking. Yeah. Make the large POIs though, large enough mm-hmm. so you can run away if need be and run away yeah. and still stay in the POI rather than having to run to another POI, which probably means you're going to die from whatever team dropped there. Like yeah. that's kind of some of the baseline. And for Hammond or even Bonsai, that means you're, like you said, completely leaving the POI and going to a random building. Yeah. A, that's not fun. And B, 
you're really in trouble. Like, yeah. because mm-hmm. now you're caught between you two massive POIs. It's mm-hmm. very, very hard to recover. You have to get really lucky, get a care package, like get a crazy third party. Like it's very hard. So yeah, I think that could be a trend that we could look out for. Man, that's a really cool one to look for. Let's talk about uh, kind of the feature of the map. Maybe that sets it apart. We speculated when Olympus was coming out, like we were like, oh, what's going to be the train? What's going to be the dropship? The moving vehicle, essentially. For a mm-hmm. long time, we thought it was the city below. We thought there was going to be a boat. Like it'd be really interesting to see if that maybe comes back with this map or if that's a concept we are potentially doing away with in general, because it's one that I think causes a lot of excitement. Like people love the train and people love the drop ships. And so I wonder, what does that look like if we have it on this map? Is it worth having as well? I mean, I would personally lean towards yes. I think it's a really fun feature. I see how the train hurt the game in the way it offered rotational abilities and kind of made this huge train track ecosystem that mm-hmm. was hard to play around on World's Edge. It's like that makes sense to me. But the dropship is a really effective example on World's Edge where it just creates this really fun and unique. Like how many times have we dropped on the dropship? Someone has fallen off or missed it. Yeah. And then it, like it, it's fun. Like the team separated, yeah. you're laughing out loud at things. Like we don't drop there in ranked, but like in pubs, it offers this really high entertainment value. Can you do that on this tropical island map? Will there be enough water? Could you do a boat? And so then the water doesn't have to actually like circulate through the entire map. It could be more of a circle around in theory. I don't know. Just spitballing at that point. Yeah. I, I think this idea of a mobile hot drop might be a thing of the past just because mm-hmm. it got completely phased out. But I like the idea of it. Obviously, like you said, it can be fun. Getting good loot guaranteed is something that I really like on the train. You know, those back yeah. cars often had gold weapons. I love totally. gold weapons. That's a great start to any game. Um, and yeah, I see the obstacle of having the train tracks as major infrastructure that's hard to, uh, you know, choreograph fights around. Mm-hmm. But I think on a tropical map, I would still like to reintroduce something that was moving that had mm-hmm. loot on it. And that's all I really want. It Even doesn't if it have was to be a drop a map ship wide. Again. Yeah. Like I'd be happy with that. I'd be mm-hmm. happy with maybe a themed version of the dropship. I'd be happy with cool. Mirage Voyage coming back. Mm-hmm. No problem. Even is having a mobile any version. Excuse? Yeah. Yeah. Any <laughs> excuse. Gotta plug it in there. Um, but also, I mean, if you were to have something that was moving. You know, we have grow towers on Olympus. There's yeah. motion there. That mm-hmm. is a uh, technical feat from the yes. developer team that mm-hmm. there is something that's moving, it's impacting gameplay, it's visual, it's large, it impacts the game engine. I wonder if we could have a smaller set of tracks. Like say there was a POI that was kind of like a water park or something. What mm. if you had a barge that kind of went around and there was yeah. a moat around the whole thing? Maybe it was large. Maybe it went around two POIs so that if you landed there, you don't really know where you're going to get off. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the idea of the risk on going to these mobile hot drops like the supply ship. If you land there, you probably don't even know where you're going and you might jump Mm -hmm. off and you don't know where you're going to jump off to introducing some of that in some way, I think is something to try. It'd be cool. I think there's a lot of great ideas. You could do something like 
do a set of mine cars or something where mm-hmm. it's like it's smaller. So there are tracks that go throughout the map, but they're not going to actually impact the playability of a fight. It's yeah. just going to go over the ground as is essentially like you could do something like that or, you know, throw it in the sky. Like you said, Mirage Voyage, and then you don't have to worry about it impacting the map. I think you and I would definitely both love to see it. It sounds like let's wrap up though, by talking about what impact it could have on legends on a tropical map perspective any first instincts that kind of come to your mind i mean we have prowlers does that mean bloodhounds yeah. gonna be op are they gonna understand well, the, probably the, the hunt <laughs> yeah probably um yeah i just downloaded uh lego star wars the clone wars on oh, the new ps5 man. it's an older game so it doesn't look incredible but one of the features there is if you defeat one of the uh droid commanders you can mm-hmm. wear their their head and oh, then the droids yeah, don't I forgot hurt about so that yeah maybe bloodhound just doesn't <laughs> have any harm from any prowlers so that could be a strength probably not but i think if you look at a tropical map and you make mm-hmm. the assumptions that there's going to be forest there's going to be open sandy hills and beaches and then there's going to be some mountains there's not going to be a whole lot of urban yeah you're probably looking at legends that will benefit being Bangalore, Bloodhound, Gibraltar, legends that work really well in the open, you know, that can create yeah. their own cover. And then Bloodhound can really be crucial if you're talking about a forest environment where you need the recon. Yeah, Visibility yeah, yeah. is really low. Um, that's what I would speculate. Yeah, I think... Um that's a really good point. I I think the first instinct as well would be go to like on Olympus. Sometimes you feel like because of the lack of verticality, the lack of huge buildings that are playable per se, you don't have a huge purpose for some of the vertical legends. I think the signs of the windy cliff sides and stuff hopefully mean there's going to be natural elevation in that. And so hopefully we still do have that differentiation the power positions and so they do matter in a very important way but i could see them not going that way and having it be maybe a little more flat with some random areas i think the legends we have in the dock here as the ones maybe we're a bit worried about if we're losing urban is watson and caustic you know the defensive legends rampart has a little bit more mobility now and and caustic has the ability to be offensive as well so i guess the one real true worry would be a watson (laughs) essentially is if we're taking away a and like a urban environment will she still be able to shine will she be able to set up defenses in maybe yeah. semi-open areas and that could be a real challenge for her if unfortunately yeah i mean we've asked the developers directly do maps impact legend power or yeah. even pick great mm-hmm. we haven't gotten any definitive answers mm-hmm. i think if you have a map that doesn't have any buildings then horizon can't use her tactical to go up four stories revenant mm-hmm. can't climb them that's impacting their kit. That's on the assumption that everybody that plays, you know, Revenant and Horizon are using their kit to the totally. best of their ability, totally. which is probably unrealistic. But I think it's something that you have to weigh in that these legends are not going to be as effective on a less urban map than they would be. Yeah. I'm just like hoping there's still verticality 
just yeah. not in the form of buildings, which is wishful I, yeah. thinking, especially in certain areas. Because if we start talking about beaches on a tropical island, mm -hmm. there's not going to be buildings on a beach. So there's definitely holes in that way. I'm interested to see, though. Obviously, like you said, we've asked, do maps matter? Not gotten the answer. Maps matter in pro play, though. Like they do change pro play. And so for some people, it does make a difference. And I'm interested to see what that difference will be on this map because in the past every new map has been unique in some way shape yeah. or form and not kind of been a upgraded version of another one or just a redo of a different one they've all been hey we're gonna have a different take on how you kind of play apex apparently yeah. which for better or for worse like it changes yeah totally and i have to say that every single map does have hills and cliffs you yeah. know, in some form. So there is that kind of dynamic formation of the environments. But when we talk about verticality as a legend strength, we're really talking about tall buildings. Like what's an opportunity where you can go from one point to the next to take a high ground or to attack a power position in an effective way? We'll see. I think that having a dynamic map is a slam dunk. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest worry is what about those urban defensive legends? Are they going to be okay? I'm worried about my girl Watson. Yeah. Oh, we all know man. who we're talking about. We uh, all know, but we'll see. That's it though. That's, that's what we know about the map. That's all, all the lore, all the leaks. And then, some of our speculation. We probably nailed every single thing perfectly to a T and you can count on this as a fact for the next map uh, that you'll be seeing in just over a month. So you heard it here first, a third party podcast, no big deal, but it, it's fun to spitball, have these conversations once in a while because normally we do this kind of stuff on Patreon pods, but We've been doing less Patreon pods, so now we're working a little bit more of this into some of the public episodes. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you liked hearing us theorize and stuff, let us know and let us know some of your thoughts on just this potential new map and such if you are one that has listened all the way through and are interested in this topic. With that, though, thank you to our producer of the Third Party 10, who supports us as a dropship captain on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods, drop a follow on Spotify, and leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We will catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>